A in priority order. This priority list is available on gov.uk. The NHS will let you know when it's your turn to have the vaccine. It's important not to contact the NHS for a vaccination before then. The vaccines have met strict standards of safety, quality and effectiveness set out by the Independent Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA. Updated information will always be shared on our website. To keep up to date, visit nhs.uk forward slash COVID vaccine. Please continue to observe the following guidance and advice. Main symptoms. The main symptoms of coronavirus are a high temperature, a new continuous cough, or a loss or change to your sense of taste or smell. Most people with coronavirus have at least one of these symptoms. If you have any of the main symptoms of coronavirus, get a test as soon as possible. You and anyone you live with should stay at home. Only leave your home to get a test. Anyone in your support bubble should also stay at home if you've been in close contact with them since your symptoms started or during the 48 hours before they started. Get a free NHS test to check if you have coronavirus. Find out who can have the test and how to get one by visiting gov.uk forward slash get dash coronavirus dash test. Please continue to wash your hands with soap and water often for at least 20 seconds. You can use hand sanitizer gel if soap and water are not available. Wear a face covering when required to do so and maintain social distancing guidance. Use the NHS 111 online coronavirus service if you're worried about your symptoms or if you're not sure what to do. Visit the NHS website for up-to-date information. The NHS COVID-19 app is now available to download in England and Wales. Thank you. morning everyone. We'd like to extend a very warm welcome to you this Sunday morning and actual fact this mothering Sunday morning as we gather to worship Almighty God. And as we bid you welcome this morning, I want to extend a special word of welcome to Raymond Adams who is conducting worship for us today. Raymond is on placement with us as part of a studies for the auxiliary ministry course and will be conducting a number of services between now and the end of June in conjunction with us and with Union Theological College. So we'd like to extend a warm welcome to Raymond and trust that not only will he be blessed, but we will be blessed through his ministry with us. And to that end this morning then, I just want to simply bring you a couple of congregational uh, announcements. Uh, Firstly, for our teens and twenties, Uh, to remember our youth worship, which is available with Mark Annett online from 5.30pm this evening. Then CEF have been in contact and they have given us some guidance on this year's prayer meeting for children's work in the Rathfryland area. And that prayer meeting will take place this Tuesday evening, that's the 16th of March, on Zoom at 8pm. And there are Zoom codes for that, and you can obtain those by making contact with myself. And we encourage you to be supportive uh, to this work, if at all possible. And then simply in the context of prayer, uh, to remember our Zoom prayer meeting on Wednesday evening at a quarter to nine, and that's preceded by our midweek Bible study as we continue looking at the Apostles' Creed. Thank you, and we hand across to Raymond. Well, good morning also, and I would like to say a word of appreciation to the Reverend Trevor Boyd for his warm words of welcome and for the opportunity this morning to uh, lead the public worship 
in First Rathfyland. As we do so, the psalmist reminds us to sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He hath redeemed his love. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So let us unite together as we worship God uh, with the opening praise entitled, Here is Love, Vast as the Ocean. together in prayer. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we come to thee this morning acknowledging that thou art the eternal, almighty, the holy, your righteous in judgment and mercy. And we come at the gracious invitation to worship thee because thou hast made all things by the word of thy power 
Thou dost ever overrule all things in your own wisdom. And so we come this morning, O God, and we pray that you would give us that holy reverence and humility as we now bow before thee and as we give thee thanks for the mercies that are new every morning and for the grace and truth that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we come to thee this morning through him who loved us and through him who came and died for us, who came and took upon himself the burden and the, the wrath and the guilt of our sin, and he bore that sin on his own body on Calvary. And Father, we thank thee this morning that we come not to one who is not powerful, but one who is, knows every weakness we have, one who knows the hearts of every listener, one who knows the hearts of every man or woman throughout this world. And we come this morning, O God, and we thank Thee that as we do so, that we can acknowledge that we have been born in sin and shapen in iniquity. We can acknowledge today that, that the wages of that sin is death. But we praise Thee that the gift of life is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we come, O God, today, we ask that you would give us that awareness that we have sinned. Give us that awareness, our Father, that we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. That we in our own mind and our own will and our own walk have been disobedient to the call that has been placed before us. And we ask our Father today that you would make us humble to recognize and to overcome and to subdue in all things in our sinful thoughts, our temptations and our passions. And grant us that awareness, O God, that is those who trust fully in the grace of God through Christ can have that assurance that as we walk in the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on his way. And Father, we know this morning that we can never uh, please thee unless we trust and obey your word. And your word is calling us today to repent of all sin and turn in the, to the righteousness of God and to lay hold of eternal life through that death of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary. Father, we ask that you would make us mindful of that, that when he shed his blood on Calvary, that it was shed for our sin, that he took our sin and our sorrow, and he made that his very own. Help us, O God, to understand that the sin of the world was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And when that darkness fell upon Calvary's hill, we rejoice and we lift our hearts to thee in thanksgiving today that he finished the work that you had planned for him to do. And so we meet, O God, in that name this morning, that name that is above every other name, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we pray that this would be a hallowed time together. And as we look at thy word and as we would meditate thereon, that thou would bless us, O God, and that thou would show us where we have sinned. And Lord, bring us back to that place of repentance and turning away from all sin to rest alone on that finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that you would now abide with us and make this indeed a truly blessed hour as we bring our prayers and bring our thanksgiving before thee. And we ask it all in, our precious, in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and for his glory alone. Amen. Now, uh, I want to read to you from God's Word, and that uh, passage is taken this morning from the book of Exodus, uh, chapter, Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to read some verses from the beginning of the chapter, and then uh, a few verses toward the end. It's the story of the Passover lamb, and I want us to look at this today as a means of God redeeming his people and God bringing his people out of sin and slavery into that place of salvation through the blood of the Lamb. So let us hear God's word from Exodus 
chapter 12. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old meals without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then shall... Then they are to, be, to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they will eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or cooked in water, but roasted over a fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till the morning If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt, I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. And then going over to verse 28 to 30. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night and there was loud wailing in Egypt and there was not a house without someone dead. And may God bless to us the reading of his truth to all of our hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. Now, boys and girls, this morning, I want to uh, talk to you about this very special day. I wanted to know what day is this. And you might say to me, well, that's very silly because you know today is Sunday. And yes, it is Sunday. And normally you'd be gathered together in this lovely meeting house to worship God. But it's another very special day. It's Mother's Day. And I trust that you have been extra kind today to your parents. Maybe this morning you have uh, went and you have given them a nice card to say thank you for all the things they do. You have maybe taken that uh, extra care to maybe supply them with breakfast in bed and promised to do all the dishes and all the the clearing up of of the, the dirty dishes today. Maybe even plan to prepare meals and, and to give it, and maybe other plans you have as well. I wonder if you ever considered who the most famous mum in the world was. If I were to ask you this morning, some might say to me, well, it's the queen. Or even the younger, very younger children might say it, it is uh, Princess uh, Kate. Or if you're very, very sporty-minded, you might say to me, well, it's Victoria Beckham. And yes, these ladies are are well known throughout the world. But there's one very special mother that I want to bring your attention to today. And that is a mother called Mary. And Mary, as you know, was the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we read through the scriptures there this morning, that scripture referred to a lamb. And the Lord Jesus Christ was 
referred to by John the Baptist as the Lamb of God. And John said, that is the Lamb of God, and he has come to take away the sin of the world. He has come to take away our sin. And throughout, uh, around here and, and through this lovely countryside, we see many lambs. Indeed, I saw lambs this morning as I was coming up. They're skipping around their mums and they're in playful activities. And they all look the same. But we're told in the Bible, as the Lamb of God came, he came in the time that God had appointed him. And he came through the, the Virgin Mary, who was the known mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I say today that Mary was a very special mother because Mary was chosen by God. The angel of God, you remember, came to her one day and said that you're a blessed one. And uh, of course we know that, that whenever Jesus was born there in the stable that Mary looked after him as a child, uh, she maybe gave him plenty of homeschooling and I hope that you're getting plenty of homeschooling at this time. And she helped him in every way right throughout his life. And uh, we know that Mary was very special because she actually followed Jesus uh, not only throughout his life, but she followed him all the way to Calvary. And that's where the, the, the Son of God, that Son of Mary, went to give his life for you and for me. And as Mary followed Jesus to the cross, she saw God's perfect Lamb dying for the sin of the whole world. And that includes you and me. But you know, that's not the end of it because Jesus rose again. And he's in heaven looking down upon us and wanting to help you and I along life's pathway. He wants to help you in school. He wants to help you at home when, when you're not at school. But he wants to help you in school and Sunday school. He wants to help you whenever you're praying with your friends. And he has promised, in fact, that he will never let you down, never let you be alone whenever you invite him to be your friend and companion. He'll be with you all the way. And he wants to do that to every boy and girl that's listening in this morning. He wants you to come this morning and ask the Lord Jesus to be your friend and to be your companion. He wants you to come this morning and say to him, Jesus, I'm sorry for all the things that I have done wrong. I want you to forgive me. I want you to help me every day to be obedient to your word. And so I want you to control my life in, at home and at school and at play. And I want to live for you. And I want to please you in every way. Because you are special, uh, that special friend in our life, in my life. And I trust, boys and girls, that as you think of this Mother's Day, that you will think of Mary and you will think of who she was. She was the mother of God's Lamb. God's Lamb, the Lord Jesus. The one who came to seek and to save and to love you with that everlasting love. And I trust that you'll be able uh, to say that today and that you'll be able to say, Lord Jesus, I love thee. And I want you to be my saviour and my friend. Now we're going to uh, come to prayer. We're going to uh, give thanks to God. I uh, want to pray for the, uh, the church today. I want to pray for uh, the people around us. And we want to give thanks for all that God has done for us in the person of Christ. And in our, our Presbyterian Let's Pray document, Today, the moderator has asked us to pray for the, the overseas mission workers. And many of those overseas mission workers, they, they face uh, great problems with this coronavirus. And so we want to remember them in prayer. Pray that their families and their, their friends and their, that they'll be kept in good health and that they will continue to be able to serve in very difficult situations. And as our moderator has asked us to pray today for uh, this situation, uh, we want to pray for him because he's in very difficult uh, situation too because he's not able to get out to minister to people. 
And so we commit him as well to the Lord in prayer. We want to pray for the Cochrans over there who are global mission workers in Portugal. So let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we do thank thee today that we're able to come with a, a heart that is full of thanks and praise to one who has been all loving and all powerful to us throughout this pandemic. We thank thee, O God, for those whom you have placed your healing hand upon uh, at this time. <clears throat> and we give thanks for the, the concern that there is throughout the church for people who have uh, been struck down with this virus. And we thank thee especially, Lord, this morning for our moderator. Thank thee for the ongoing work that he does even behind a camera. We thank thee, Lord, for his, his determination to see the job of moderator to be, to be done in a, a way that would glorify thee. And we commit him lovingly to thee today as he would lead our church, as he would uh, guide and direct all under his authority. And we pray, our God, that as he does so, that he might know the hand of God in a very special way. As we today come to the site of Easter, we ask that you would might make us encouraged by God's tremendous love for us in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you would challenge us today with the cost of denying self to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We do remember those who have left these shores to go and to serve thee in other countries. We remember the Cochrans, those global mission workers in Portugal. We thank the Lord for their ministry, for their online ministry opportunities, their Sunday services, the prayer meetings, the team planning, and the, all the groups that they lead. And we ask that it might be soon safe for them to meet in person again with those whom they love. We commit them lovingly to thee, and we pray our God that throughout this time that they would know your hand and your guidance. And, Lord, that you would keep them safe in these difficult and dangerous days. Then we pray, O oh God, for the ministry in this congregation here in First Rathfiland. We thank thee for it. We thank thee that it is a light on the hill today. Thank thee for the one who ministers here week by week. We commit him lovingly to thee. And we pray, O oh God, that you would undertake for him in all the, the avenue of ministry that he has to take and especially in difficult days where he is to pastor people and he's not unable to meet them face to face. And Father, we pray that you would be with minister and people today and undertake for them and keep them safe. Guide them and direct them, O God, according to your word. Lift them up, O God, daily uh, from the daily tasks to the throne where you call them to pray. And Lord, we commit them all lovingly to thee. And we pray that through, even through this pandemic, that, is, that both the minister and the people would gather together in prayer, in spirit and in prayer, in their own homes. Lord, that we might see a mighty work done for the kingdom of Christ as these dear folk go forward in your name. And so as we give thanks today for everything that is done for us, give thanks, O God, for all the blessings that we receive. We commit all ourselves to thee, confessing again our sin, crying again for that uh, mercy and that pardon. And Lord, we pray above all else that there might be that repentance and turning back to a holy and to a just and to a loving God. And we ask it all in the dear Savior's name and for his sake and glory. Amen. We read together those verses from Exodus chapter 12 and part of Exodus chapter 13. And as we look at the nation of Israel, they were down deep in the depths of sin and they were down in slavery in Egypt. And this is a very clear picture of how that God redeems his people. How that God calls you and I, out of our sin, out of our misery and sin, and he calls us into that new and that living relationship with his son, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I, I, the book of Exodus is one Old Testament story that really defines God's relationship with the nation of Israel more than any other. Long before Israel ever were taken down into Egypt in those days of famine, we know that God had made a covenant with Abraham. We know that Israel would become a great nation because back in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 7, God said to Abraham, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come. And this was done very significantly before Abraham and Sarah ever had one child. God made this promise, and he renewed that promise to Abraham's son Isaac and to Jacob, who later became Israel. And so Israel went down into Egypt as a family, and are now coming out of Egypt as a great nation. Whenever God called Moses at that burning bush in Exodus chapter 3 and verses 7 and 8, he told Moses and Aaron that they were to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. They were to lead them out of that slavery and that sin. Because God said, I have heard their cry. I know what they're going through. And I'm going to come down. I'm going to deliver them. And I'm going to provide them a means of escape from their fallen condition. And God promised to free them in chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. He says, I am the Lord. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. And Israel, you'll know this. You'll know whenever this happens. And so the feast of the Passover was the fulfillment of that promise. You remember that a series of plagues had been inflicted upon the Egyptians to... Uh, in order that, that Pharaoh would release them to enforce the, the freedom of the Israelites. But, but Pharaoh was very stubborn. And, and as we read through the earlier chapters of Exodus there, we could see there a progressive hardening of Pharaoh's heart towards God. But now God comes, we come to this chapter 12, and now God come, sends this final plague, the death of the firstborn of every household. Aaron and Moses were given certain instructions. They were told to tell the Egyptians, uh, tell the, the Israelites that on the night before this plague comes, that you were to uh, sacrifice lambs and take the blood of those lambs and smear the blood of those lambs on the doorposts and on the lentils. You were to eat that lamb whole because this is the, the lamb was a Passover sacrifice. And when the angel of death would come, they would pass by when the blood was seen. Now we need to note that God is providing a means of salvation through obedience in this Passover feast. They were instructed that they were to be behind the doors, not outside the doors. They were to be an obedient people. They were to be looking at the blood, but inside, not looking at the blood, but inside trusting on the blood. And as we look at the background to this whole story, we can see the, the condition of these people firstly. A people who were in slavery and sin. Like us today, we are born in sin, the Bible tells us, and we're shapen in iniquity. And when Israel entered Egypt in Genesis chapter 45 and verse, sorry, Genesis chapter 46 and verse 26, they came as a family there were 70 people excluding wives and children. But now they are leaving as a great nation of 600,000 plus wives and children and many others together with a large drove of livestock, both flock, flocks and herds. Now, they are a sinful people. Having fallen as Adam and Eve did, disobeying God, they were now slaves to a sinful nation. Sin and sinful practices was theirs, and they were under the condemnation of God. And my friends, today God will never allow sin to reign in the heart of believers. 
And if we have sin in our lives today, we need to bring that sin and bring that, bring it and get it put under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. They joined all those sinful practices that there were in Egypt. And as this judgment of sin was coming on them, they were to suffer unless a way of escape was to be provided. And of course we know that this was a great comparison with the New Testament. Because John's Gospel, chapter 3, and verses 19 and 38 tells us that, that while men love darkness rather than light because their de- deeds were evil, in other words, men love sin. But then Jesus went on to say that whosoever believes in the Son hath eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son shall not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And so it is important today that we remember that there must be that repentance of all sin. Just as the Israelites repented of that sin and they turned back to God uh, through Moses and obeyed the call of God, so we too must repent of all sin. The day had been fixed as God had appointed a day to lead his people out of Egypt. And so God has also appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained in that he has raised him from the dead in Acts 17.31. And so we see the condition of the people as a sinful people. And then we see God's way of redeeming his people. And there was one means of salvation, and that was the lamb. In verses 3 and 4, every family, every household was to select a lamb, and if there was a smaller household, they were to share, taking into account the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person was to eat. The lambs were to be one year old without blemish, be separated and slaughtered at twilight on the 14th day. That blood was to be collected. And that blood was to be painted or smeared on the door frames as we read there in verse 7. And all who obeyed the command of God to get behind the door, get behind those bloodstained doorposts, were to be saved from the angel of death. It was not enough that the blood was to be shed. It must be sprinkled, verse 7. And that denotes the application of Jesus' death for our souls. We must receive that atonement that others may know that we live by faith in a living God. The blood was to be applied to the threshold of the house and not to be sprinkled on the ground. Matthew Henry reminds us that we need to be cautious and take heed that the blood of the covenant is not to be trodden underfoot. The Passover lamb was a new beginning. It marked the end of the old life of sin. The end of slavery represented that new life in Christ. Israel was going to become a new nation, a new identity, a new people, a people of God. And Israel can now put away their past sinful life and look to a completely new future of freedom in the Lord God. Kevin DeYoung quotes this in his little book, he said, the Israelites were a slave people and so their time was not their own, but now God was marking out a new time. The end of life, the end of the old life, slavery in Egypt and a new beginning as a nation of Israel. Does not this take you and I to that hillside of Calvary where that Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, as God's chosen Son, as God's one separated from sin, knowing no sin, as God's spotless lamb being slain by cruel leaders for our sin, so that we can make that new beginning as a new creation in Christ, as Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. There was one means of salvation, and that was the lamb. There was one means of safety, and that was behind the blood. Now it is not the blood in the Lamb, but it was the blood of the Lamb. And you see, the Lord Jesus Christ never became the Savior of sinners until he had shed every last drop of his blood on the cross. And that's whenever he became our Savior. Because he paid the the cost, he paid the price. Our children sing he paid the debt he did not owe because we owed that debt and we couldn't pay it. And when the Lord Jesus Christ 
cried, it is finished. Nothing more needs to be added or taken from it. And in order that the very last drop of blood was drained from his body, Peter was able to say that we are not redeemed with perishing things like silver or gold or with things that have been handed down to us or traditions that have been handed down to us like coming generation after generation to a church. But we are redeemed through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish. Does that not take us back to the Passover? The lamb without blemish. Behind the door, God's word gave instructions as to how the Passover was to be celebrated. And that the key to their freedom was to have faith in his promise and be faithful to that promise. The whole assembly of Israel was to kill the lambs at twilight. They shall take some of the blood of the, of the lambs and put it on, on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they were to eat the lambs. And that same night... As they would eat the lamb, it had to be roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. This is how you are to eat it, with your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And they were to drink that bitter cup, reminding them of their slavery and the sin that was in Egypt. The lamb was so slain that it was to be eaten it was to be roasted with unleavened bread and with that bitter cup. They were to eat it all. They were to forsake all. And that means for you and I today that we must forsake all our sinful past as we follow the Lord God in his obedience. Jonathan Oatman wrote those words on a lovely hymn. On the golden streets of heaven all men hope to walk some day. Yet so many are not willing to accept the living way. But while others build on good works or opinions if they may, hallelujah, I'm depending on the blood. It's the soul-cleansing blood of the Savior. The soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. And the Israelites were depending upon the blood. Those families were saved from the angels of death they were those who obeyed the word of God. And Sinclair Ferguson reminds us very clearly that only in obedience can we discover the great joy of the will of God. And so we see the condition of the people first. We see God's way of salvation and redemption secondly. And now we see the ground of assurance. Because this ground of assurance was not of feelings. In verse 13 the word tells us that when I see the blood, this was not to see their feelings or their realization of any other means or form of sacrificial or rituals. It was a trusting in, this, in God's sovereign word. Within that house, they could not see the blood, but God saw it. Within ourselves, we cannot see our hearts, but God can. We cannot see the sacrificial death of the Lord Jesus Christ today. But we know it took place. Why? Because God's word tells us. And the Holy Spirit confirms that to the believer. God's Holy Spirit reveals this to us as we read and trust in his word. And the Holy Spirit assures us that he died for our sins so that we are safe and secure from all life's alarms. When we lean upon the everlasting arms and have that belief and trust in him. <clears throat> it wasn't feelings, it was, and it was God's fact here. Faith in God's word. John said in, in John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 24, I tell you the truth, these are the words of Jesus, I tell you the truth, that whoever hears my word like, like the children of Israel did with Moses and Aaron, and believes on him that, who sent me, that is God, hath eternal life, and shall not be condemned, and we know today that those who are condemned will go into a Christless eternity in hell for all and for all and all of eternity. Never, never to see the face of a loving God again. And when that true believer comes and believes wholly in the, in the word of God and the promises of God, he crosses over from death to life. 
And here it is that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in none other than His Son. And we need to be obedient to the call of God enough. John Calvin tells us that nothing is more fatal to us than to refuse to give ourselves in total obedience to God. That is exactly what Israel had to do in order to be freed from Egypt. Our love for Christ and the church will be proved by our love for each other and by our obedience to what God asks us to do. And we see here the joy that they had in their freedom. There was a new beginning for the nation of Israel and real freedom. The Bible gives us different ways of talking about freedom. Freedom from sin through Christ's atoning blood is not to think and to plan what we want to do, but rather to seek the ability of what you ought to be. A new creature in Christ, the old life passed away, being risen with Christ, as Paul put it in Colossians chapter 3. The past put behind us and reaching forward and putting our hand into the Master's hand and walking forward for Christ and with Christ. As Israel obeyed that call, they were getting deliverance which came God's way through the death of that lamb. And that is called justification. The past sin covered by the blood. There was that new obedience which yielded to God's will. They were into the family of God and that is adoption into into God's family. There was that new assurance which, which rested on God's word alone and that is sanctification being led by the Spirit daily to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness and to be alive to obedience to the Word of God. And When you and I have that new beginning with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then our worship will be Christ-centered. Our witness will show a new relationship that's found in God alone to give us that new relationship with each other and the wonder of it all that God is ever-present with us to give us that new purpose for our lives, to fill our hearts with his promises by his Holy Spirit. I quote Kevin DeYoung again. He puts it this way. He says, The background of our redemption for freedom is found in the account of the Passover in Exodus chapter 12. and How we learn that God's people were redeemed from slavery to Pharaoh, from the danger of death through the blood of the Lamb, giving that joyful freedom of worshipping and magnifying a holy God. How we should rejoice to that today. That our sin, not in past but the whole, is nailed to that cross that we bear it no more. That we can say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. And as it points us again to the cross at Calvary where God redeemed us from sin and slavery. Through the blood of his only son. There is where we find forgiveness and that peace with God that passes all understanding. A peace that we can never fully understand until that day when we stand before him in glory. My friends, today, as we have seen the condition of the people, as we have seen God's way of redeeming his people, and as we have seen the only means of salvation and assurance, as we have seen how the nation of Israel put their faith in the slain lamb and the shed blood, and marched on to a new life. You too can have that new beginning when you turn from sin and put your faith in the Lamb of God. Put your faith in that atoning work at Calvary. Put your faith in that one who who came in the fullness of time, that one who was lifted up to die for our sin. And as we consider God's plan of redemption at Calvary, it is all about the blood of the Lamb. In Israel's case, it was the Passover lamb. In our case, it is the lamb of God, without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle, on Calvary's cross dying. It is that fountain that's filled with the blood of Jesus Christ. And friends, today it leads us to ask the question, are we, can we say today that we are redeemed, not with corruptible things like money and all such like, But we are redeemed through the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we are redeemed because we have put our hand into his hand, confessing all sin and turning away from that sin and yielding our lives 
to God's only Son. And we'll be able to say and praise God as we sing our closing praise. I am redeemed, O praise the Lord, my soul from bondage free, has found at last a resting place in him who died for me. I am redeemed, I am redeemed, I'll sing it o'er and o'er. I am redeemed, O praise the Lord, redeemed forevermore. Hymn writer says, The debt is paid, my soul is free, and by his mighty power, the blood that washed my sins away, all still cleanseth every hour. May God give us that grace today to trust wholly in his lovely Son. And may he give us that grace to lay aside every garment that's stained with sin to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're going to sing our closing praise. That's him that I quoted there. I am redeemed, O praise the Lord, my soul from sin set free. Wonderful assurance. It's found at last a resting place. Lord Jesus, found in thee. Let's praise God together in this lovely hymn.